Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and introduce our, our next speaker. Her name is Everly Hairston. She is an amazing woman who wears many hats. <laughs> uh, to start with, she's a member of the uh, Guiding Lights chapter in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, she also serves on the state board, uh, of the, the board of the state affiliate here of the National Federation of the Blind of California as second vice president. She also serves on the board of directors, the national board of directors of the National Federation of the Blind. She also is one of the people who uh, represents us every year in Washington, D.C. And if you've never had the uh, privilege to hear this woman represent us, it's amazing. Uh, she's out there on the front lines talking to the uh, congressional people, trying to make the world a better place for us by way of getting attention called to matters that need to be called. She is going to talk to us today about something very exciting that the National Federation of the Blind puts on every year for the youth. It's called the Youth Slam. And this is something that introduces blind people to things that were once never thought to be possible as far as things that could be achieved by a blind person. So without further ado, I'm going to have Everly come up here and talk to you about Youth Slam. Well, it's still morning. Good morning, everyone. It is really a pleasure to be here. And just listening to all of the speakers prior to me truly tells me that what Dr. Mark Maurer has said too often is that blindness and joy can be contemplated at the same moment. It was in uh, 2009 that we had our youth slam in uh, Baltimore, and it ended up at, at a rally in Washington, D.C., at the Lincoln Memorial. Well, I was a speaker at the Lincoln Memorial. I stood there in front of the reflecting pool. Now, let me tell you about that. It was in 1963 that I stood there listening to Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. as he talked about freedom. That's when he gave his iconic speech, I Have a Dream. It had been, on that day, 46 years, from 1963 until 2009. And here I was, standing where Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. had stood. What an amazing honor. What joy came to my heart. Dr. Mount Maurer, in a recent speech, said, the idea that blindness and joy may be contemplated at the same moment is strange in our society. Nevertheless, Contemplating these thoughts at the same time is the fundamental element of the philosophy of the National Federation of the Blind. The National Federation of the Blind is a civil rights organization. It was the National Federation of the Blind organization that has given me my freedom as a blind person. 
I struggled and worked for my freedom as an African-American woman, but it was the National Federation of the Blind that gave me my further freedom as an African-American blind woman. I grew up in North Carolina on a plantation called the Kulmi Plantation, raised by my parents and paternal grandparents. I was n number three of seven children. We lived on a plantation, grew up picking cotton. We were sharecroppers. I was bused. 22 miles from home for grades 3 through 12. Prior to that, I walked three miles to school along with my siblings. But guess what? As we were being bused to school, we passed several white schools along the way using their hand-me-down books. You know, I loved school, but I detested having to get up so early in the mornings to get the bus. And I also detested having to stay out usually two or more consecutive weeks at a time to pick cotton or to chop cotton. It was one fall afternoon. My father had left my two older siblings and I in the place that was called up in the bottom. We were left there to pick cotton. We had gotten about 50 yards down this cotton road this afternoon. And I leaned forward to pick this beautiful cotton out of the cotton bowl. And there on the ground was a long black snake. I was frightened. I yelled out to my brother. He said, oh, it's just a black snake. Let's keep on picking. I kept on down the cotton roll. I kept on picking. Apprehensive, I was frightened, but I kept on picking cotton. We had a task to perform. We wanted to get back to school. So, about another 20 yards down that cotton roll, I leaned forward to pick this beautiful cotton from the cotton bowl, and there on the ground was a long black snake. And then to my left was a brown snake. I looked around and there was another and another. I yelled out to my brother who was ahead of me and he said, oh, they're all around us. We all ran as fast as we could until we reached the trailer parked at the beginning of the cotton row, packed with several bags of cotton. We climbed to a bag on the very top and that's where I sat, and I thought there must be a better way of life for me. <laughs> After high school, I went to New York to work as a living maid. I had a sister who had a terminal illness, and my parents didn't have money to send me to college, so I needed to work to earn my way. I returned to North Carolina at the end of the summer, anxious to pursue a career in nursing. But at Duke University Nursing School, I failed the eye exam because of the early stages of retinitis pigmentosa. I was devastated 
but knew that I must continue to fight for my education. I enrolled at North Carolina Central University, Durham, North Carolina, but could only stay with an, aunt, an uncle who lived near the campus. I got involved in the civil rights movement of the 60s under the late Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. On one day, during our civil rights movement and one of our freedom marches, we were marching from North Carolina Central's college campus to Sears, Roebuck and Company, about three miles away. And as we marched, rocks, stones, and all kinds of debris was being thrown on us, eggs. But despite the turmoil, we continued to march and sing, we shall overcome someday. When we reached the parking lot of Sears, Roebuck and Company, we all sat down, held hands, and we began to sing. Over my head, I see freedom in the air. Over my head, I see freedom in the air. Over my head. I feel freedom in the air. There must be a God somewhere. We continue to march, sitting down, marching around in circles, sitting down, standing up and sitting down. The police moved in and ordered us to move, refusing the order. We remained steadfast in our sitting positions. But the police began to move in closer. We could hear the buses moving in. It sounded as if they were going to run over us. We were frightened. Some were screaming. Some were praying. Some were yelling. Some were crying. They picked us up, threw us on the buses, and hauled us off to jail packed us into the jail cells like sardines in a can. We spent the night there. That was a very long, painful evening. A long, painful evening in jail. But you know, the thing that I feared the most was that once my aunt and uncle realized that I had participated in the civil rights movement, that they would pack me up and send me back to the plantation. You see, none of my family members were supportive of me being involved in the movement. But in my heart, I knew that I was doing the right thing for freedom. So I stayed involved. After college, I moved to New Jersey to begin my teaching career, except that a short four years later, my career ended. There wasn't the technology that's out today. We didn't know how to advocate out for ourselves as blind people then. I was told you can't see, so you can't teach. 
it would have been easy to sit home and collect a social security disability check. But I had already learned what it was like to work hard. I had learned under Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to fight for my rights. I had learned from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stick with the task at hand. So, instead of drawing Social Security, I was determined to find employment. I walked the pavements. Finally, I was invited to attend an NFB convention. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. While going through the registration line, I was asked, would you like a Braille or a print agenda? I could no longer read print, and I certainly didn't know Braille. A light bulb went off of me. My, I'm a college grad, but I'm illiterate. So, I talked to as many people as I could at that convention, learned about the NFB centers, attended later the Louisiana Center for the Blind. I could only take six months of leave from my job, but I learned Braille, computer skills, independent living skills, mobility and orientation, returned to New Jersey, competing with my sighted colleagues, and with all of my skills in hand, integrating them into both my personal and professional lifestyle, and slowly moving up the ladder. Not only was I supervisor now, but I was applying for the position of director for the program. And I did. Some were fighting me all the way. But I knew then, with the technology of the computer and the braille, I knew how to fight for my rights. But I had the skills. It wasn't something they were just handing me because I was blind or an African-American woman. I earned the position, and so I took the position with honor. I retired in 2006, moved to California to spend more quality time with my family. I have been going to the Braille Institute volunteering my time and services there. In 2010, I was elected to the National Board of Directors. And part of my responsibilities as a board member is that I must represent the president at state conventions. And that's what I have been doing this past year. It has been a wonderful, wonderful experience traveling from state to state, 
using all of my skills that I never thought I would have to really do. But last month or two months ago, I was asked to go to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I said, oh, my goodness, why are they sending me to Chattanooga, Tennessee? But that's where they sent me. And, you know, sometimes we have negative thoughts. I thought, oh, my goodness, they're sending me down there and there's no man's land. But I arrived with a positive attitude. Everyone at the airport was very gracious, accommodating. When I arrived at the hotel, they were accommodating. And it was one of the most wonderful and exciting conventions that I've ever attended. At that convention in Tennessee, they raised $5,000. The president, who is Kim Williams, it was her first convention as a president, and it was my first time in Chattanooga, Tennessee, as a national representative. I want you all to understand that none of us can uh, attain success entirely on our own. You see, when I was attending the Louisiana Center for the Blind, they sent me to Mardi Gras. And when I was there with this long white cane in my hand that they had given me, they gave us three addresses to find. Julian talked about a GPS and, you know, all the uh, technology that we have today. We didn't have any of that. We had to use our orientation and mobility skills. And so we were told to find these addresses. And I did that. But for my graduation route, they sent me to Monroe, Louisiana. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they have me here in Monroe with the Ku Klux Klan all around me. But that was negative thinking. And so while there, I walked for about a block and a half. And when I got to that block and a half, I felt the sidewalk. I walked up that sidewalk, and there was an office. And I went inside and I said, excuse me, can you please tell me how to get to a bus stop? She said, oh, ma'am, it's only about a block and a half away. You just have to go over that bridge, turn to your left. No, she says, no, when you get over that bridge, you're going to turn to your right. She says, and you will hear the buses. I began to walk. I went over the bridge. I could hear traffic underneath me, to the left of me, to the right of me. But I kept on walking. And then I heard a, a lady yell up, Miss, Miss, may I help you? I said, no, I'm performing a test. I have to get to the Monroe Mall. This is my graduation route. I'm performing a test. You can't help me. I must do this all by myself. She said, well, just tell me, uh, let, please, ma'am, I'm afraid for you. I said, don't be afraid for me. 
God has me in his hands. I kept on walking. Just as the first lady had said, I turned right and I heard the transportation center through the buses. I got on the bus, went to the Monroe Mall, and that's where the staff and students at the Louisiana Center for the Blind were waiting for me. A mission, mission accomplished. As I said, none of us can attain success entirely on our own. But we must understand with God, friends, family, and the most powerful organization in the world for the blind, the National Federation of the Blind, we can achieve success. And most of all, we can accept the changes that we must make in our lives. May I leave you with this thought. One who loses money loses much. One who loses friends loses more. But one who loses courage loses all. Thank you so very much. <laughs>